three, two, one. Welcome back to another topic on AT Talks. This is topic four, things I wish I knew when I started, episode one. Um, so it's just Bryce and I. We're going to talk for a little bit. Bryce, what's something you wish you knew when you started? What would you tell yourself if you go back two, three, four years? Four years is a long time, seems like. Yeah. Well, you're an athletic training student, you know, and there's, there's um, I would tell myself back then. One thing you're never really taught is that, like, the main thing that matters is just caring and listening to your athlete. Yeah. So, grow, like, as an athletic training student, we're taught to learn as much as possible. We have to figure out the diagnosis right away when in reality we need to care for the kid or the athlete, whatever, however old they are, and kind of just take them through our thought process. I try, not, I try to think out loud and educate as much as well whenever I'm talking through a situation. That way I can answer questions then so I don't have to do it all at the end or if a kid forgets or something of that nature. But I was told like three times last week, thank you for caring, and I feel like that makes a big difference. I don't know. That's what's on. I feel like 90% of what I do isn't even medical, athletic training, sports medicine related. I agree. It's just being here for some, for being someone that the kids can talk to, um, someone to show them how to do things right, like a positive influence on their life. Probably 90% of the job I do. I mean, making impacts, like that's our, our slogan for this year is just AT impact, right? Yeah. I mean, I have, I've had athletes come in and just talk. Like they just needed to talk for a second and they go back out and they're good to go. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like a lot of people get mad that there'll be two, three kids in the medical facility, but it's like those kids need someone to talk to. Well, we wear many hats, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. what we're for, which I don't know if some people may say that's a bad thing or something of that nature, but ultimately we're there to care for the athlete, mm-hmm. to care for the students. So, um, something I wish uh, I knew earlier. Uh, if I could go back in time, I would I would have started networking better, mm-hmm. uh, more expansive. I felt like I did a fair amount of networking an undergrad going to Illinois Athletic Training Association and Great Lakes Athletic Training Association. But I was only networking with like Illinois and Indiana. And um, I mean, we have social media. We could have networked with hundreds of athletic trainers from Vermont to California. Like you're doing now? Yeah, yeah. I would have told myself that four years ago. Oh, actually it's 2020, right? About six years ago, five thirteen. I'm an athletic training student, so I would have told myself in 2013, "Hey, get your butt on the Twitter and start following these people." Well, and even like my biggest thing is when we were in school, we didn't go talk to referees prior to games. Like it just wasn't the norm or anything of that nature. And mm-hmm. like me talking this today, I worked a playoff game. I went up and introduced myself, and they're like, "Man, I've been doing this for a long time, and that's the first time that's ever happened." Mm-hmm. You know, like it just. It's another way for us to advocate for ourselves, you know. But every hand we shake, every time we introduce ourselves, that's something. I'm always, I'm always extremely shocked when referees act like they've never met an athletic trainer before. Yeah, 
because before every single game, I talk to all the away coaches. I talk to all the referees. Say, hey, this is who I am. I'm here to help. If you need me, I'm right there. Yeah. And there's so many times where people are just, they're just, their minds are blown. Yeah. Who's out there not talking to away coaches and referees? Shame on you. For real, though, I mean, they, we're there for a reason. We may be the only healthcare provider on site mm-hmm. sometimes, you know. It's, yeah. <clears throat> but I, I think it's something else. I mean, I used to stress and fret a lot about having to have the 100% diagnosis right away. Um, we know what we need to do in the acute to take care of any type of injury and kind of the steps. We don't have to have the answer right away. And I think that I stressed about that way too much as a student, even the past couple of years. And I mean, it goes back to just caring for them. Once we calm them down, they understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. What's to say we can't go and put a little research and, you know, look into what we're, what we have going on, the signs, symptoms, and then I guess if we have to refer. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the times, like, let's say it's an ankle. Okay. You have an ankle sprain. That, that's really all you need. Do you think it's fractured? No, I do not believe it's fractured. Great. We're going to start rehabbing the chain. I rehab the chain. We're going toes, the belly button. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's if it's a lateral ankle sprain, if it's an inverted ankle sprain, if it's a high ankle sprain. I'm gonna find out what your capabilities are. And we're gonna start rehabbing. We're gonna start getting everything strong. Progress day by day. Same thing. If it's a knee, okay, MCL, LCL, patellar femoral, hamstring, quad, patellar tendon. I'm gonna rehab belly button to toes. I didn't really just start doing that until last year. It, it, it's so simple. But we make it so hard on ourselves, you know? And a lot of times it's not even the athlete that is 100% concerned, you know? Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's coaches that we're getting pressure from and stuff like timetable, timetable, timetable. Yeah. Two, two to six weeks. <laughs> it, it's always better to uh, – how's the saying go? It's uh, you, you give you give them a bigger timetable and then you crush it. Yeah. Over deliver. I I don't know. There's there's a saying out there, but I like to say, oh man, this, give me ten days, and then day six, boom, that kid's ready to go. And you're like, man, dude, this dude knows what this guy's so good. It's an ankle sprain, dude. It makes a big difference too. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. What else, what else would you go back and tell tell yourself? that relationships and athletic training are hard. Dude, it's not only are relationships hard, but you like your, your personal individual, that's what you mean, right? You're sniffing. Yeah. Taylor's like glaring at me right now, but. I, I would go back and tell myself that um, just making relationships outside of your athletes is huge. Yeah. So much bigger than the medical stuff. You should know your coaches. You should know your AD. You should know your assistant AD. Yes. You should also know your nurse, your your PE coaches, your fitness strength coaches. Janitors, like people who take care of the facilities. and like, Yeah, facilities, maintenance, all the stakeholders. You should talk to those people. Hey, you're on the school board. My name is Tom. I'm the sports medicine provider here. If you need anything, let me know. I take care of people. 
You need to talk to all those people. It is very difficult as an outreach sometimes. Um, yes. Like right now, I'm providing care for a high school. I go every Wednesday morning. I'm there for two hours. I check them out if they need it, give them a plan of action, refer if we need to refer, and then I'm there for certain home games. So it's better than no coverage. But it's a smaller school, so luckily I've gotten to introduce myself to a lot of people. Um, and tonight they had a playoff game. The nurse was there, and she was able to help me with the situation on the court. And that's a big deal. You know, like a lot of times if they don't know who I am, they're going to try to maybe take over or argue with what I'm trying to do. But instead we have that trust with each other to get it taken care of, you know. And I think that's pretty cool. Like you yeah. said, just any relationship in general. Yeah, that's called collaborative care, and that's that's when we're that's when athletic trainers are are the best. Alone, we're we're okay, we're good, we're not bad. But when you start working with these other providers, that that's the best an athletic trainer can be. That's where we become a patient advocate. We can literally see them through any like the whole injury process. Absolutely. How many other professions can say that? And, and that's, that's the big picture. That's the big healthcare picture. Yeah, you know, so like. They made it go on a rant, but for real. Yeah, but it's like, it's like but you, we don't, we don't, I, I didn't, we didn't talk about that in undergrad. With skills, 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 more skills, more skills. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. You know, and then when I went to my clinical site, it was tape this, tape this, set up, break down. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit of rehab. Very minimal, though. You know, so a lot of these soft skills weren't there. These building, how do you build a relationship with an athlete, with a coach, mom and dad? That's one I never got taught is how to talk to parents. You know, you know, and how to not necessarily break bad news, but just let them know that I am taking care of your athlete. Yeah. You know, I guess a lot of. Parents, like, they have one thought process in that situation. That's, is my kid going to be okay? Mm -hmm. um, that goes back to if they don't know who you are, it's a lot harder to mm -hmm. understand what's going on, whether it be good or whether it be bad, either way. I don't know if I got anything else right now. I'm trying to think. Let's see. Things I would tell myself. I would tell myself that. Um... I, would, I would tell myself to say no. You know, um, I don't know of a good, I mean, like, I, I, I do an awful job saying no. I did too. I'm a, I, all I wanted to do is please. Like, it's, yeah. basketball started practicing late one day. They're like, they didn't tell me. We have a kid that um, is coming off an ankle sprain, doing well, but needs to be taped. We don't have the funds really for a brace, and neither does he. So we tape. That's what we got. Instead of going at their normal six o'clock, they're going at eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. And nobody told me, and it, six o'clock rolls around, nobody's at the gym, so I leave. I get a phone call, where are you at? I need this kid to be taped. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, this, I mean, that's a situation where it can wait, you know? Yeah. I mean, you didn't let me know. I'm at mm -hmm. home. Yeah, I think uh, some, something similar to that, what I would tell myself as a, as a student is that you have to be the medical provider. You have to be the hammer. Yeah. You can't, you can't let coaches and other people bully you into 
doing things that you know, and I think a lot of athletic trainers get bullied into things. Um, and you have to say, no, um, that's not the best route for patient safety and patient care. And uh, that's what I'm here for is to provide the best health care I can, not to quickly rush this kid back. Maybe the team is uh, this much better, but then you put this kid at risk for something that he can have or she can have to deal with for the next couple months, couple years, decade. Forever, you know, like catastrophic as well. I mean, mm-hmm. it what we're there for, though. And I think, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's because of social media or what, but now our generation is a little more outspoken. Mm-hmm. Not just our profession. It's literally everybody, right? Everybody has a thought. And so a lot of people aren't used to being stood up to or talked to from a young professional. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be careful. Like I don't want to step on any toes, but it could be an older coach with like mm-hmm. traditional ways as they would put it, you know, and we come in with a different thought process and a different way of dealing with injuries. Um, concussions are a good example right now. I mean, it's not that we are having more concussions it's that we're recognizing more concussions. A lot of people don't understand that. And, that kid's life could be put at risk if we put him back on the field or court or whatever. But, I don't know. That's going to be something we're always going to fight, <laughs> you know. I don't, I don't know. Play with sports. But, but the, more, the more you – the harder you work at it and the more you get to learn the people around you, the easier it becomes. Oh, absolutely. Like year one, yeah, I had some battles. Year two, I still have battles, but it's – it's a lot easier when you have allies and you have people to understand. It's a lot quicker too. You know, like a coach will be like, Oh, okay. never mind. Yeah. You know, I got you. Well, and if they don't know you, they're going to be like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Compared to a coach that's on your side. And they're going to be like, yeah. Thompson medicine too. That's what he says. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, but sometimes you got to lay the hammer on that too. You know, like if you say, Hey, this gets concussed and coach is like, we're going to put number 23 in. Run to the scores table and be like, hey, refs, 23 is disqualified. It's medically disqualified. He's not going back into the game. Right? That's not what you want to do, but sometimes you, you get put in a position where you have to be the medical provider. Okay, I've never had to go that far, you know, or anything of that nature, but mm-hmm. definitely had some situations that coaches didn't want to trust me, you know. Yeah. Um, it's very tough, but that's going to happen anytime you're new somewhere or anything. Like you were saying, those relationships mm-hmm. matter, man. Yeah. I, I wish I would have known. Like, I, when I came out of school, I had this um, very romantic idea in my head that I'm a medical provider. I know the standards of care. I know the equipment I need and, and all these things I want to implement. And then you get to the job and it's just barrier, barrier, roadblock, barrier, barrier, roadblock. I wish I had a better understanding of that coming out of school, that in order to deliver the standard of care, it's hard. Like, it's difficult. Definitely. Especially when you don't have kind of the backing that you need or the mm-hmm. funding or anything of that nature, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just, you're always going to have battles. You're always going to have struggles. And you're going to have your highs and your lows. And it's just like, it's, 
so much harder than, than what I think a lot of people think. They just see you sitting there, taping ankles, giving up a bag of ice, and you're like, oh, that's easy. Your job's easy. And it's like, yes. there's so much more to Pittsburgh, man. This is difficult. This is hard. There's the ice guy. I love it. I enjoy it. I have a lot of fun. But it's hard. I'm just glad I, I look forward to going to work, though. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people don't say that every day. Yeah. Definitely some days I don't want to go to work, but I love what I do. Yeah. Well, man, when you get into that grind, it's like, I just got to make it to Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, and you're like, I just got to make it to Thursday. And then it's Thursday, and you're like, all right, I can just make it to Saturday. Yep. Grinds are terrible. <laughs> but, like, I haven't been in one of those in, like, three weeks. I wake up, I'm super pumped. I'm like, I'm going to school at 1. I'm going to see my basketball kids, my football kids. We're going to train. We're going to do some preventative stuff. And then I get to see my other kids and, and you know, talk, and mess around, and, have, and laugh, and hopefully. I think that's something that's a big deal, too, is your personality towards your athletes and yeah. coaches. Like, if you go in, you always, like you have your positive vibes, and, like, you're mm-hmm. just getting that off. Like, um, the other day I was just – Sometimes I get in a very sarcastic mood and like it just instantly our, our girls that walked in that were getting treated for basketball practice, like their mindset just completely changed when I just started messing with them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes that's all it takes. And that makes a big difference. Like, yeah. And it's just once you learn your kids and you, and you show them that you care and they can open up to you and you can build those levels of, of trust. I mean, you're, the impact you can make on their life is enormous. I hate to say kids sometimes because, like, if any of my athletes watch this, they're going to be like, dude, I'm not a kid. <laughs> you know, I'm doing like – Oh, well, see, see, they're my kids. Like, I got a bunch of 14, 15, 16, 17. Even my 18-year-old seniors, they're my kids. But I also – I'm always going to call them my kids, you know. It's, yeah. But – Like, is your – how is the area that you live in? Are those intact homes? Yes and no. Okay. Like my kids aren't, aren't. I mean, a lot of my athletes I get, I'm at a junior college, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I get some that are coming from a rough past and, you know, mm-hmm. not as great of a past. I get mm-hmm. some that come from a very supportive home as well, but um, definitely just some of those times you can tell that they like to latch on somebody once they get here. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's the first time they've ever been away from home. Yeah. So it could be one of the coaches or something, you know, one of their teammates or anything in general, but mm-hmm. absolutely. And you cannot teach that in a book. No. Yeah. When, when, when an athlete injures a knee and you go, Hey, can I call mom or dad? And they go, Oh, uh, I've never met dad. And mom, mom's dead. I live with my grandma. Okay. Or if you go, hey, can I call dad? And he goes, dad's out at the bar because he's an alcoholic. Yeah, it's tough. All that, yeah, all, all that stuff. And Our, you're not thinking about it in the moment either. Like, no. It kind of hits you like a ton of bricks. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I was blessed to come from, you know, a great supportive family. As was but, I. Um, it's a very different situation. Mm-hmm. Talking to kids and I, I went to school, you know, with some of my friends that didn't, weren't quite as supportive or supported growing up. And I think that kind of helped me prepare too. Um, now that where I'm at, but to Trinity, I mean, I went, I came from Trinity Valley and EJC, you know, 
they had football at Trinity Valley. It was known as the last chance you as well. Like a lot of the same type of situations, you know, and uh, just going straight from undergrad to here, I think it kind of helped prepare me for that too. You know, I mean, I was a 22 year old kid and there were some kids at 21, 22 playing football at a junior college, you know, cause they find either saved up enough money or got out of trouble to be able to try to go for college. So it's kind of eye-opening, too, every time you run into a situation like that. Yeah. And it's one of those – I don't think a lot of people understand, too, when, you, when, you, uh, when you're telling your friends or people online what to do and you're just like, well, you don't have to be there at that Saturday morning practice because one practice isn't going to kill the team. But you could be like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like a couple of my kids look to me as, like, their parental figure and, like, you're banding them, them too. And it gets really messy sometimes. I mean, if they need you one time and yeah. they may not be there or you're treating another mm-hmm. sport at a different location, like yeah. that trust may go out the window. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with you having other obligations. It's just the fact that you're there. And it's hard to regain that, I guarantee you. And, and all you have is your perception. You can be the best athletic trainer in the world. You could be the most knowledgeable, the best skills, but if you're not perceived well, and those kids, those athletes, they don't want to come to you, your skills and your knowledge is worth it. Yeah. Your your brand and your perception is huge. And I don't I don't think I understood that until I got here. I think there's a a discussion on Twitter going on right now. Mm. About, um I can't think of the exact terms they used, but um a non compliant patient yeah yeah the, the, the tweet words like that's part your fault and their fault definitely two-sided yes and i, I think that's one of those things where if you can't mm-hmm. connect with that uh the patient there's something going on like relinquish care to another provider or something of that nature which i mean we're not always in the situation to be able to do that um but you got to find a way yeah. definitely yeah, fun mm-hmm. If you're at rehome programs, boring. They're not going to do it. No. It's the if same. They're not buying into what you're doing in the healthcare facility. Yeah. They're not going to buy into it at home. It's the same thing with like prehab, like non-operative prehab, where they're just perfectly healthy and you want to get them stronger. And like the weight room, say you got them for 30 minutes. If it's boring, they don't want to do it. They're not going to try hard. They want something fun. I've been working with Taylor. I can't figure it out. I've been trying to get her to work out for three years. Oh, so. I, I think that's lost, man. I think that's... Yeah, I think it's out the window. <laughs> Take that, Taylor. She can hear us right now at AT Twitter. She's like 10 feet from him. She won't come on the camera. I don't know if AT Twitter knows who Taylor is. I don't know. In her bio, it says Bryce Winter's fiance. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. Then. Never mind. All right, you got anything else to add to the things I wish I knew when I started? No, I just want to reiterate caring, you know, and listening. Knowledge doesn't, like you just said, knowledge does not mean anything if you can't get the athlete or the patient to trust you to buy into what you're doing. I'm in here. Yep. Maintenance. Try to try and kick me out. It's 10 o'clock here and senior night. It's a couple photos of the kids. But all right, Bryce, thanks for coming on. You're uh, always on. Yeah. I'm glad I'm on. (laughs) 
He's always on. Hey, is that Oh, man. Dude, make this guy food for me. So we're going to end this. See you guys later. Talk to you more, Bryce. Bye.